Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Um, it's over, guys. It's uh, that's it. That's all she wrote. Uh, if you didn't see my tweet earlier, uh, I'm, I took a bunch of questions on Twitter. I'm going to get to those. This is not going to be a full length post game. Quite honestly, uh, the season's over, and it's a gorgeous Saturday. I got burgers and dogs to grill. I got beers to drink, uh, but we're going to hang out for a little bit. I'm not just going to sign out, but uh, thoughts on the game. Uh, let's start with the positives. Let's do the Gabe Kapler thing again. Um, man, uh, Travis Konechny, I heard someone talking about Travis Konechny trade rumors and stuff. Uh, he just showed a lot of skill today. Real happy with him. Um, I, I don't love that line he's on. I think there's a question about the TK Hartman Lawton line. Um, it's a good idea. Like it's a, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting mix. Uh, I, I, this team needs to get deeper. Uh, I think, you know, Lawton Hartman and, uh, and Raffles, a great fourth line TK on a third line with some more skilled players is great. Uh, but this team just needs to get deeper. We've been over that a million times. Uh, JVR on that setup. I, I, I really appreciate, you know, JVR is not a perfect player, certainly not a perfect player. Um, Shit, did I change my mic? I don't think I did. I think this is the internal mic. How does it sound? Does this sound like shit? I'm going to scroll down. How does I, – I don't think I, – I plugged in my blue mic, but I don't think I have the right one set up. So if this sounds like absolute trash, uh, my fault. That's that's on me. But, yeah, it's it's over. Uh, yeah, to JVR. That's what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, he's not a perfect player, but I think he showed uh, – he's been a little bit better um, of a distributor. He's a lot more confident with the puck. Uh, he's very – he's patient, and that's something this team doesn't have a ton of. I, I liked uh, his setup on that power play goal today. So those are my positives. Um, my big takeaway from today's game, really, is the way the Hurricanes play. Because um, when I was in high school, freshman year, I had this, I had this coach – um, and I was a dick about it. Cause he said, uh, the answer to every question I have, uh, is time and space. So we'd be like sitting on the bench. Uh, I'd be sitting on the bench a lot. Uh, and he'd be like, who got that goal? And I just go time and space. But like the whole key to hockey, to making a play is creating time and space for yourself, getting to time and space. And Carolina, man, they just take away all your time and space. They are a tight checking team. They finish their checks. A couple of questionable ones today, but that's going to happen. Uh, wish the Flyers had a little bit better of a response, but they were trying to you know, take advantage of their power plays and that kind of stuff. Uh, and they did score on the ones, so that's just the way that goes. Um, but I, I'm a real big fan of the way they play, tight checking. Uh, they're just all over you the whole game. And you just – how many scoring chances did the Flyers really create today? They had a couple off of turnovers and stuff. But, man, they just don't give you the room you need to make a play. And that's that's how you play in the neutral zone. That's how you play on the forecheck. That's, you know, deny deny zone exits, you know, let alone uh, zone entries. And they they just buzzed all day. I thought that was a, thought that was a real key for them. Uh, Flyers fought but didn't – you know, it's been over for a little bit. Now we can say it's officially over. And with that, I'm going to get to the uh, the questions I took on Twitter. If you're just joining us, um, if you're just joining us, uh, I'm not doing a full length post game today because, quite honestly, you know, 
it's a gorgeous Saturday. Uh, but no, it's uh, I'm going to have a full-length show tomorrow. We'll go at least an hour. But for today, I just took questions on Twitter, and we're going to get to some of those. Uh, let's lead it off with uh, at Flywalker1975. The goalies for next season, Carter Hart and... Uh, I think you have to go with Talbot. Honestly, I like um, I like Brian Elliott, but I just don't think he can stay healthy. I just can't go into next season with that sort of question mark where you're like, oh, wow, yeah, we don't have two goalies to start the season. I guess we need to go get Cal Pickard, huh? Uh, yeah, I, 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 Cam Talbot, when you look at the goalies that are going to be available this offseason, like, do you really want to go out and pay Robin Lehner when you have a, a Carter Hart? Uh, I think Talbot's cool coming in on, like, a, maybe a two-year deal to be a tandem guy, reestablish himself, had a down year. Uh, I thought Talbot was pretty good today considering, um, you know, he hasn't played a game in, like, a month. Uh, you know, a little rusty here and there, but uh, didn't get a ton of help on some of the goals, you know, mad scrambles in front. Yeah, he could control the rebounds a little better, but I think that's rust more than anything. Wasn't crazy about his game, but I thought it was okay. Um, okay, so what does the offseason plan look like? Another draft party? Party at Steph's? Uh, yeah, party at Steph's, absolutely. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's a, that's a question from Dave. I uh, love, uh, love photo Dave. Uh, I, I, I assume we're doing a draft party. Haven't really gotten to the planning stages of that yet. Uh, once the season is, you know, once they've played game 82 is when we'll really start getting into that. But um, yeah, count on a draft party. That's kind of our thing. And what is with all this trade ghost nonsense? Uh, is that just a case of people overreacting? <sighs> I'm not crazy about the trade ghost idea just because in my mind you're going to lose that trade. Um, that said, this team does need to get deeper in terms of their dynamic forwards, seeing a lot out of the defensemen. I, yeah, John says here, uh, I think it's even money. He's an asset they used to try to add, in, add other pieces. Listen, if you can make this team better, if you believe that much in Sanheim and Myers and all these, uh, all these other defensemen, um, absolutely. You know, it's it's not the worst. I, I'm not going to reject it out of hand. I'm not going to say that this core needs a shakeup and just go, yeah, but not him. Yeah, but not him. Yeah, like one of your faves might get traded. That's a thing that could happen. Um, but ah, I just don't love the idea of trading Ghost. Uh, limit him, maybe shelter him a little better. Some of these guys could jump him on the depth chart. But for what he could be, uh, I, I, I just don't love the idea. But, you know, if you don't get a Panarin, if you don't get like a, you know, a, a center uh, to be your 2C, which I think they really need, um, you have to give something up to get something. And I think you can make yourself better um, trading Ghost more so than trading Konechny. I think there's a question here later about uh, tra Travis Konechny trade rumors. And I don't like that idea at all just because, man, even if he's a third liner for you, once you add some pieces – that's a dynamic third liner and someone teams really have to really have to just account for whenever he's on the ice. Uh, he flashed some skill today, made a couple of plays uh, deep in the zone to set up scoring chances. I didn't notice many scoring chances outside of the ones Travis Konechny set up today. And that's playing with, while I, again, I like Hartman and I like Lawton in a lower role. I, you know, I, I don't love the idea of them playing with Travis Konechny and he's still uh, the last couple games I thought made that line really flash. All right, yeah, so Ghost didn't play OT Wednesday, isn't playing today. Uh, ASF is reporting uh, the organization are looking to trade him. How likely is that next Saturday is the final game of Sean Shane? I always want to call him Sean Ye, man. It goes back to a Sons of Penn thing. But, yeah, how likely uh, is it that next Saturday is the final game of Shane Gosses-Bear's career as a flyer? 
50-50, man. I think that's what a lot of people are saying. Like John said, even money. Um, I, I'm not going to reject a trade out of hand. I'm not going to say it's not a possibility. Again, I don't love the idea, but you got to figure this team is not going to look the same when it comes back next year. And if you're not going to go out and, um, you know, my my the first thing I would do is try to pursue the free agents. But, you know, that's a you get into bidding wars and you, you trade for a guy with some term left on his deal, as Ghost does. And it's um, I, it's it, like it might be financially smarter to go after a uh, to go after, you know, the depth you're looking for, try to add to this forward group in a trade, and Shane Gossespierre is the kind of guy to do it. Uh, Chris asks, as a follow-up to the ghost trade talk, what are your thoughts on the – yeah, here it is. Connect me rumors, and if he's traded, does it concern you the Flyers could be going down the Patrick Sharp or Justin Williams road? Uh, that philosophy yielded no cups and shouldn't be revisited. Yeah, that's the um, – you know, Williams gets traded. That's, um, you know, him and uh, – him and Hitchcock, it just wasn't really a match, I guess. And that team was a that. I mean, as much as you want to keep a Justin Williams, you just look around and dude, the, the guy's still he's still producing to this day. That trade was what fifteen years ago, whatever the hell it was. Uh, and he's he's still a good player for the Canes. So uh, he's been around, you know, Mister Game Seven. You don't want to do that, but that was a win now tr- uh, trade. The Patrick Sharp one, right? Er, Patrick Sharp was Matt Ellison, right? And that one was just your junk for my garbage. Patrick Sharp turns out. Um, I, I think the Sharp one is just a little more – it's a little more easily excused because um, you didn't know what Patrick Sharp was. He hadn't shown anything at the NHL level yet, while Justin Williams' trade is, or injury and staying healthy issues. But, um, you know, you, you could tell he was going to be a productive player if he stayed healthy. Um I don't want to trade anybody for 30. You know, that's not what I'm looking to do. If you're going to make these trades, it's got to be like the um, Johansson for Seth Jones kind of trade. Like, that's what you're looking at. And, again, if you're looking to add that top four um, or a 2C or, so, or, you know, a top four defenseman who can play, uh, you know, preferably on the top line with Provorov in the top pair, it's going to take a Travis Konechny. Like, I can't imagine it would cost you less. I don't like it. I don't like the idea of trading TK. Again, you got to give something to get something. It's uh, That's why I want to pursue free agents, because I'm not looking to subtract. I'm looking to add. I'm looking to take what they have and add to it and make this core, like, bolster it and make – you know, the guys who are borderline second-line guys, all right, let's make them really good third-liners, like things like that. And um, I don't see how you do that um, by trading some of the guys who've established that they're pretty good. Yeah, thoughts on the Hartman-Lawton-TK line. I know ideally everyone wants Hartman and Lawton on a really good fourth line next year, but they have been pretty fun to watch. So we get our hopes up that maybe TK can actually carry a third line going forward. We talked about that on BSH Radio quite a bit this week. Um, make sure we're still connected here. Yep. Uh, we talked about that quite a bit on BSH radio this week, how they've tried in the past to, uh, put TK on his like carry a third line a little bit and it hadn't been successful, but this line is starting to come along. I don't hate this line, but 
it's not ideally what I want. I want another center brought into this team. So either uh, that guy slots in as your three C or you bump Nolan Patrick down, something like that to play with a JVR or a TK uh, deeper in the lineup. Hartman and Lawton, I think are perfect fourth liners like that to me. We keep talking about the depth. We keep talking about bolstering this core. If you have Hartman Lawton and say a raffle, cause they re-signed raffle as your fourth line, that is one hell of an effective fourth line. I would be very ecstatic with that as long as we're not seeing freaking Corbin Knight, who did make a pretty nice play today to get that puck over to Giroux for the first goal. But as long as we're not seeing Corbin Knight and Phil Veroni and we have, we add to that depth in our top nine and then your, you know, fourth line is like a Hartman Lawton uh, raffle sort of line. I'm all for that. But just as uh uh, the Hartman Lawton TK just, Oh yeah, here's your third line. I don't love it. I want to get better. I don't want to stagnate. People shouldn't be ridiculed for wanting the flyers to tank even during another fruitless playoff push in order to get uh, more percentage to get Hughes or at worst another Jill Farabee as it helps the future more than one more run that marginally benefits kids. Q comes from money. Um, here's the thing. They were never a last place team. Yes, they looked like shit, but in order to actually tank, that's like, all right, well, that means we need to trade Giroux and Voracek because the only way you were going to be as bad as you were playing is to get rid of those guys and not see Carter Hart. Well, that means you're starting all over. And as much as some people might want to do that, this isn't basketball. It's not about getting one guy. Your proof is in the Edmonton Oilers who have the best player on the planet and they stink. They can't even make the playoffs, let alone go on a run. It's I, I, listen. Yes. It would be fun to get a Jack Hughes and all that stuff, but I want to see the players they have get better and then go buy better players and make this it, it, the time to tank is over. That's we've, we've come past that. Was it a idea at one point? Yes. I think it might've been an okay idea, but at this point, you're too far. You, you've already got this this group of guys who are entering or about to enter their prime. You've got guys who are in Giroux and Voracek. You know, at that next level, they're going to be productive players for you for a while, but I can't exactly say they're in their prime anymore. But I think we're just too far beyond that point of wanting to tank. Yes, when they were in last place, it was fun to go, all right, if they stay like this, we can lose for Hughes. But I don't see how that's a real possibility because they were never going to remain that bad. The goaltending wasn't going to have like an 880 save percentage all year. Like that just wasn't going to continue with, with some of the players they have, they're going to start winning some games. Were they going to play at a 769, you know, points percentage? I don't think any of us saw that coming and that takes them a little further out of the, you know, real lottery race. But I just think the idea that they were going to get a top two pick, with the talent they have, even though it was so, everyone was so underperforming outside of, you know, Couturier and Giroux, um, they just weren't going to stay that bad. So the idea of tanking, it it wasn't going to pay off, I don't think. What can the league do about all these quick whistles by the referees? Honestly, I was talking about this the other night. Instead of using a whistle, which is like, you know, 1800s technology or what the hell ever, like if the referees all had clickers and it took two refs to click uh, to actually blow play dead and like it would play a, you know, noise over a whistle sound over the PA or something, but. I, I just think it's part of that human error. If it's going to be guys on the ice, you can't be in the right position all the time because I also don't want referees in the way while there's a scramble in front of the net or around the net. Like, oh, and now we have 11 guys in there because it's it's an issue. It's definitely an issue. And I think 
we the league, all sports leagues, honestly, need to focus on getting like referees who are of the age of some of the players to keep up with play and be a little bit more uh, athletic out there. Like if you're a if you're a two A player or whatever in college, and you know you ain't going to the show. Like I, I think the league should have uh, maybe a better development system to bring these guys in and get them up to the get them up to the NHL's officials a little sooner. But yeah, I, I don't really know other than some some new technology um, and getting rid of the intent to blow rule. Like if it's clearly, um, yeah, he meant to blow the whistle, but. He shouldn't have like get rid of that rule. I don't really see what I don't know what the uh, what the answer is to that. Do you think every time Morozik makes a save, every flyer on the bench is like, where where the fuck was that last year? I mean, he played some good games for us. He was also terrible in some games for us last year. But ah, man, the defense is so bad uh, a lot of the times in front of Morozik. But he definitely didn't help his cause a lot. Um, just one of those things. I don't I don't know. Screw Morozik. What did you think of Talbot? A little rusty, but I want to see him get a bunch. I want to see him get some more playing time, especially now that it's over. Um, I think he's the best you can do for next season in terms of uh, a tandem goalie without having to overpay. Who do you think Patrick pairs well with? Uh, you have the Limblom Katori Voracek line. Who do you think Patrick could play uh, could play with to maximize his play like they do with Limblom? Um, it depends on what they add this off season. I w- I'm not opposed to the. Um, I like them with TK. Now, if they go out and get some guys, like say they pursue Panarin or get another center, I don't know if I like him uh, with Giroux. But uh, as of right now, the way it looks. Um, I would think Giroux, Patrick, TK is like the best you can do to have those two top lines if you're going to go Limblom, Katori, Voracek, uh, like your suggestion, like you're suggesting. Obviously, Q is first priority, but if you were to rank preferences between Sheldon Keefe versus Scott Gordon, who would you choose? Man, I kind of want an established NHL guy. I know Sheldon Keefe is the hot name out there. I wouldn't be opposed if they hired Keefe, but. Scott Gordon, the answer, if it's between those two, Keith is definitely more exciting. Um, man, that's a tough question. Uh, I'm going to go Keith just because maybe he's going to coach more the style um, like the Hurricanes play, the, the pressure style, the puck possession style. And Scott Gordon, uh, maybe he just lacks the horses. Uh, I've liked a lot of the results during Gordon's time here. Um, a lot of it is the result of some good goaltending and some puck luck that they weren't getting in the first half, though, and just the fact that he's not Dave Haxtell. Um, uh, maybe if they get better players, Gordon could have a better chance to coach the way he wants to, but I, I just haven't been enamored. Uh, well, Scott Gordon's done an admirable job, and if he wants some other position in this organization, uh, head of player development or whatever the hell uh, LaPerriere was, um, before he got behind the bench, something like that. I think he'd really excel in that role. But the results he's got also, I think he's going to want an NHL job, and I don't I don't want to give it to him here. Um, like I said, if there's an exhaustive uh, coaching search and at the end of it they go, we think Scott Gordon's the best fit, I'm not going to hate it initially. But I think there are better options out there. And Keith is, you know, the fun, exciting name. Uh, maybe he could get the, uh, you know, the play driving puck possession uh, results that Gordon hasn't been able to get 
uh, out of his guys. So I guess I'll rank Keith ahead of him, but not like I'm not in love with either of those possibilities. Do you think Ghost historically has a problem with his coaches and would Quenville whip him into shape if we ended up with him uh, knowing his history of pulling a hackstall sometimes with bad vets over young talent? Would trade flames be stoked even more? I think the type of guy Ghost is, uh, coaches have love-hate, you know, no, 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 oh, yeah, kind of um, kind of, uh, kind of, of relationships with him. You can see the same kind of stuff out of TK, although I think TK's done in this second half, cleaned up his game quite a bit under Gordon. Um, I don't think it's a problem with his coaches. You know, uh, Gordon today said he didn't love the term, you know, healthy scratch for Ghost today. Like, he just wanted to get Moran in. I have no idea why you'd play Moran and Haig on the same blue line, but what do I know? I'm just a podcast host, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, it's not out of – I don't think it's – I mean, I think it's 50-50 if Ghost is back here next year, though. Which free agent would you prefer the Flyers to pursue, Point or Panarin? How do you compete against the tax breaks some states can offer, such as Tampa Bay? I mean, it's just about where guys want to play. It's not all about the taxes. Remember, you only don't pay state tax on 50% of your games. I know that's 50% of your games, but you still pay state taxes in every state you play in. So it's, you know, you're going to have to overpay. The, the Tampa Bay is able to get guys to take less, but at the end of the day, it's still all about cap hit and you just have to overpay a little to get a guy like Braden point. If I have to choose between pointer Panarin, man, center is my priority, but Panarin I'm more sure of than point like points. Great. But how much of it is playing with that loaded Tampa team, you know, and like, look at his power play production. Um, I think Panarin's more of a sure thing for what you're going to have to pay for him. Like to get point, you're going to have to overpay and then hope he lives up to what he did uh, while he was with that loaded roster in Tampa. Whereas Panarin, I believe like if he slots in on the left wing with, you know, let's say uh, if he's a left winger with uh, Couturier and Voracek, like, yeah, he's going to be just fine. Like He's going to have Panarin-like production. So I guess if it's going to come down to, let's say they're the same price. Let's say you got to pay 10 to each. Um, I'd rather Panarin because I think it's more of a sure thing. All right, let's just do a couple more of your questions. Um, let's do a couple more of your questions, and then let's get out of here because it's a gorgeous Saturday. Everyone go outside and drink beers and just toast the end of a uh, long freaking season because this season feels like it was four freaking years. <laughs> like Firing Ron Hextall feels like it was, uh, I, I don't even know, a lifetime ago. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, you're looking more and more like the big Lebowski. Uh, I'm going for Cactus Jack, but I'll take the dude. They're not getting Panarin. This will be missing Suter and Parisi, and we signed Le Cavalier Part 2. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, then stop watching, man. Like, I, if you're just negative all the time, stop watching. You'll be happier in life. All right, guys, there's not a whole lot here. Wait for that 23% ticket hike for next season. Stop buying tickets. I don't know what to tell you about ticket price. The price of nothing in life ever goes down. Tickets go up. That's all sports always. I, I don't know of anyone who's ever been like, we're lowering our ticket prices, unless you're just uh, fucking the Tampa Bay Rays. 
I know everyone's going to hate me, but Giroux is the problem with this team. He doesn't seem to care. Well, John, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't hate you because you just don't know what you're talking about. I know they were in last place in December, guys. It's not about December, though. This team was never that bad. They, Unless you trade Giroux and Voracek, you're going to win more games. Like They were never as bad as they were playing. They were getting the league's worst goaltending by a decent margin. They had the worst special teams combination in the league. Like That shit wasn't going to sustain itself. At no point were they as bad as the teams they were in the in the standings with when they're in last place. I know they were that bad early, but true talent wise, they were never that bad. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, yeah, let's Yeah, Everyone go watch the Phil's game, throw it on the radio, drink some beers, toast to the end of a great season. I'm going to be back here tomorrow because that's what I do. But uh, it was, uh, at least they made it interesting down the stretch. You know, we got to see Carter Hart come into his own, uh, you know, Limblom looks like he can play on a second line. I believe him to be a third liner that you play on your second line to have a good third line. That's like something I wasn't sure about what, uh, Limblom really was got to find that out. Uh, Nolan Patrick has hit a bit of a downstretch here, but I'm more confident in his ability to, um, be closer to the guy we thought he was. Sanheim, he just does fun stuff. Uh, I, I really like him. We got to see some Sam Moran today. That's what I forgot. To, that's what I'm going to end talking about because I didn't get to do the post game on Wednesday for Moran's first game back. Um, I, I wanted him to be a little more physical today. Uh, he made some nice passes, a little better with the puck than I expected. You know, a little rust, and that's to be expected. wasn't wasn't perfect by any means. Uh, got picked on that one goal by I think Jordan Stahl. Looked like he was trying to get across, and Stahl was cutting to the net and picked him and. Uh, wide open on the side of the net. But um, one thing I noticed about Murray, and I was like, there were a couple times a puck was going into a corner, and I was like, yeah, here we go. And other guy backed off a little. Didn't Wasn't all that interested in going into the corner. And to me, that's that's just as important as throwing a huge hit. I want Moran to murder everybody. But um, when you're winning the battles and getting the pucks out because the other team isn't interested in going into corners with you, I think that's a big deal. And he's not like a Hager Gudis in that he can at least make that first pass. It's not He's not Phil Myers or Travis Sanheim, but he's also not Robert Hague. So I think I saw some encouraging things out of Sam Moran today. All right, that's it, guys. I'm sorry for the abbreviated show, but uh, I got to go. Uh, I'll be back here tomorrow, and we will do a full-length post game. It'll be a great time. Until then, enjoy the weekend and go Phillies.